as you heard during our WGOW newscast. There was an officer involved shooting on Tuesday afternoon, just after 2 p.m., at the Chattanooga National Cemetery. Police were told there was a man at the cemetery crying and waving a large knife while looking for his grandfather. Police say, quote, officers encountered the suspect who was clearly agitated and was indeed exhibiting erratic behavior. Officers made several attempts to de-escalate the situation, but the suspect continued to escalate. As verbal attempts to de-escalate broke down, the suspect then led officers on a brief foot chase towards the entrance exit of the cemetery. Officers immediately moved to keep the suspect contained to prevent a greater threat to public safety. At that time, the suspect, who was still in possession of a deadly weapon, placed officers in imminent life-threatening danger, which led to officers engaging the suspect with gunfire striking him. They immediately called for EMS. They immediately rendered life-saving care. He was transported to a local hospital uh, with non-life-threatening injuries. Uh, Jim, all I can say about this is we've spent so much time on this program talking about mental illness. Yeah, uh, Clearly, yeah. this is somebody who... That's you know, the first thing I thought. Yeah. I'd say clearly this is somebody who was suffering from some kind of a mental episode. Um, you know, we talk about the mental... Uh, the mental health problem with the homeless population, possibly a chance that this mm-hmm. person is is homeless or that same thing. nomadic, whatever the term is that you want to use. But um, just another example here. It's a growing problem. Yeah. And, and we can pretend it doesn't exist for, I guess, in eternity. But and if you're the it's police, a, it's a problem. If you're a police officer in this situation, what really can you do? Yeah. It's a terrible situation to have to be placed in. You get called out to the cemetery. Mm-hmm. Now you're thinking to yourself, okay, well, it's a cemetery. Yeah. It's not a lot of people out how there. Much, how much damage could be done? Right. But, you know, you have a suspect out there who's clearly very upset and agitated, uh, then starts making a run towards the entrance. So now you're saying, okay, well, if he gets out on the street... Now yeah. we could have a problem. Yeah. This could be a, a serious problem. So you try to engage him at the entrance, the exit to the cemetery, and he's still waving the knife around, makes a charge at you. What are you going to do? Hmm. Uh, you know, again, we've talked so many times on this program about um, how it would be nice. I think it would be good if we were addressing the mental health aspect of, of these situations better than we are if we had more resources in place to actually deal with that instead of police having to deal with this. Because if you talk to a lot of police officers, trust me. Well, Jim Hammond has said this. They, they, they'd rather be fighting sure. real crimes yeah, yeah. than having to deal with people who are just, you know. Yeah, off their meds. Yeah, their biggest problem is just they have mental issues. Mm-hmm. They're, they're not necessarily a criminal. Right. They're not necessarily a bad person. Right, right. They just have mental issues. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know. We send in the police to deal with these got, episodes got every no other time choice. because you really have no other choice. I think it would be nice to have other choices if we did fund the resources for other choices, but um, I don't know. It just seems to be a fight that we're not winning. So Yeah, it's not getting better. No, it's, it's not. Worse. It's not. Uh, 267-1023. Texter says, so Chattanooga police don't carry tasers? 
Could skin pigmentation have anything to do with the use of bullets, even if targeting his legs? Is this the new chief's policy? Well, the new chief is not even on the job yet, so I don't think we can bring her into the conversation. She hasn't been confirmed yet. She hasn't even been confirmed by the city council, so this doesn't have much to do with her. In terms of could police have used a taser instead of deadly force? I don't know. I'm not an officer myself. I haven't looked through the they protocol book. He said they don't carry tasers. Is that correct? He's asking. I, so I don't know the answer to that. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the texter here is, is asking, you know, so they lit this guy up with a couple of uh, live rounds of ammunition. Do they not have tasers? I don't know. I wasn't there. I couldn't tell you if each one of these officers has a taser. I would imagine they probably do. I was going to say. Why they chose to use guns instead of tasers, I don't know. I don't know. I do know this, that when you're talking about a suspect who's acting erratically and has a deadly weapon in his or her hand, police is justified. Police are justified in, in using actions like this. It is justified. Now, you might say, sure, but they could have opted for something less deadly. Fine. If you want to make that argument, Mm -hmm. okay. But police are justified in using deadly force in an incident like this. Yeah. Are people being threatened? Is your life in danger? That's the decision I guess you have to make. Uh, Texter says the uh, the homeless population in Chattanooga, and again, we don't know that this person is homeless. I'm just saying that uh, based on what I've read, it certainly uh, fits the description yeah, of somebody yeah, with yeah. mental illness. It, it, it does fit the profile. There's no yeah. question. Texter says the homeless population in Chattanooga is only going to increase due to the fact that so many homeless folks from other parts of the country wind up here. We have a Greyhound, we have a Greyhound bus station where many find themselves stranded and become Chattanooga residents. Well, yeah. And that's also the case in cities all across the U.S. I remember, Jim, it was about a month ago when we were having a big discussion about homelessness here in Chattanooga and across the United States. This, this, um, the plan of just bussing homeless people to other cities, it's, it's a plan. If you want to call it a quote unquote plan, it's a plan that dozens and dozens of cities use. They just ship their homeless population to another city. I'll tell you what now, and I talk to other people in Asheville. I don't know what the homeless population is in Asheville, but per capita, it must be huge. And in and in many places, many cities, including ours, most of the homeless is concentrated downtown. In Asheville, it's it's everywhere. Case in point, they they're Ingalls, which is like yeah. food city. They have a little deli area in the suburban part. Yeah. Me and Squeaks went there just to get you know some snacks, some groceries, and then we decided to eat something in a little deli area. Yeah. And I mean, the homeless were all in 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 the deli area because yeah. they have nowhere else to go, and they'll buy one you know one drink or whatever it is, and then and then camp out there for three three hours or whatever. The homeless are everywhere in Asheville. It's ironic you bring that up, Jim, because you just jogged my memory. The last time I was in Asheville, and now I remember this. The last time I was in Asheville was a couple of years ago. And I noticed the exact same thing. Folks, if you think Chattanooga has a homeless problem and, you know, homeless people wandering around the downtown streets begging yeah. for change, blankets wrapped around, my goodness, go to Asheville, yes. North Carolina. And I don't know why. I'm, I'm just like you. I don't know what kind of program they have in place or whatever or why it seems to affect <clears throat> uh, Asheville. But um, I'm with you per capita. 
for a smaller mid-sized city, it just seems like they're everywhere. And I remember at that time, again, the last time I was there three or four years ago, I remember texting uh, Sean Phipps, who used mm-hmm. to work at uh, Nougat Today, yeah, and that yeah, was with yeah. the Convention yeah. Bureau, because Sean has family out there and spends a lot of time out in that uh-huh. area. And I, I, I had remembered he had just posted up on social media. He was coming back from a, another nice trip to Asheville. And I remember texting him while walking down the street and saying, Sean, do you, do you recall, what, what, what's the deal with the homeless population in Asheville? Like, it's just, it seems like they're everywhere. Mm-hmm. Every street you walk down. Mm-hmm. And I remember he texted me back and he said, yeah, it's, uh, it's a pretty big issue there. Asheville's known as a very, very liberal city for, for whatever. So I don't know if that means that they help the homeless more than other, do, other cities do or they're more tolerant or whatever it is. But, but they're, yeah, they're, they're homeless everywhere, yeah. everywhere. Texter says, do you seriously think if they had a shrink out there that this guy would have just laid his knife down and cooperated? Well, no. What I'm suggesting is if we had more shrinks, period. If we were addressing mental health issues better from the ground level up, episodes like this wouldn't happen in the first place. That's the argument. Well, uh, the, the argument is not necessarily, hey, there's a crazy man with a gun or a knife. Let's send a shrink out there to sit down and have tea with him. Well, that's uh, not what we're saying. But there is some of that in, in the defund the police you know, movement. Part of it is that a social worker would be a better fit in a situation like that. Yes. And I don't think when you're talking about negotiations or just talking to someone with a, with a knife, that is clearly, I don't know, has mental issues and maybe not a criminal. They're not there to rob the cemetery. I don't think it would hurt in a negotiation thing to have someone that has those skills. 100% agree. And, and, and I'm not sure every police officer, not to downgrade them at all, I'm not sure every police officer has that skill. And I don't think it would be a bad thing to have. And again, you might have to, I see the downside of this too. Hey, we need a social worker. Well, that person is, you know, over here. It's going to take 45 minutes to get them there. So you might have to have the combination of all of the above. But I just don't think it's a terrible thing to at least it's, address it, it, as the mental health problem continues to grow. This is exactly what that movement was all about. If we could actually have an adult conversation in this country for once about good ideas instead of breaking everything down to the most childish level possible. The whole quote-unquote defund the police. Eh, there's plenty of people out there. but uh, yeah, there, there were some. There's enough the people loud, out there. Loud, there were loud voices. There's enough yeah. people out there who literally just want to defund the police. Right. Most of that movement, what it was calling for, is not defunding the police. That was just a childish mischaracterization of what they're saying. What they were saying was, let's reallocate resources to better channels. So in this episode, yeah, I could tell you how this plays out. Crazy guy waving a knife in the cemetery. Instead of sending out eight police officers with weapons, yes, maybe you do reallocate some of those resources to more social workers. In that case, you send out one social worker with one police officer as backup. The social worker is there to have a conversation and use their mental health skills to try to figure out what's going on here. Now, if the conversation goes sideways anyway... That's why you have the man with the badge and the gun to take care of that. 
But that's the whole idea. Instead of well, that sending... Was the, that was the logical idea of defund the police. Instead there of were sending, some on both sides you know, that said, you know, no, we don't need any, which is stupid. Instead of sending eight officers, all with guns, and if you're wondering why that's an issue, just talk to a police officer. Yeah. Because every time you have to scramble ten officers to one scene, guess what? That's ten other places in the city that doesn't have police policing that area at that time. Do you understand this, folks? That's why it's important to consider reallocating resources to better and smarter channels. Instead of just sending in the cavalry, 10 police officers to one location at once, which leaves the rest of the city completely unpoliced, just to deal with one crazy person with a knife. Now, if you did have a mental health professional, if we were putting more resources towards that, with one officer to back that person up in case things go sideways. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a mathematician or a cop myself, but it sounds like a better allocation of resources. I'll just be honest with you. It sounds better to me. My name is Kerry. Most everyone calls me LT. Just want to make a, um, a follow-up comment to earlier why we would not use, well, I'm a retired New Jersey State trooper, so why we would never uh, consider sending one social worker and one police officer you made the comment the situation can go sideways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we have to be prepared for that. It's a good pr- approach. If you have a uh, Mayberry uh, community, it would really work well. But we always have to be prepared because I'm sure you know that there's lately been ambush situations, oh, yeah. whether it's been on police officers, uh, fire departments, EMT. So no one is actually insulated uh, from the psychological approach of going in being the good guy. Right. We always have to be prepared, and we have to protect our citizenry because who knows? There could be uh, other gunmen. There could be other situations that pop up behind the uh, the tombstones. Uh, again, the ambush situation, we have to have enough personnel yeah. to protect ourselves, protect our people, and the citizenry. Yeah, I understand. Uh, that's a point well made. Yeah, LT knows for sure there's no such thing as a routine call. Just, Just isn't. Now, let's see. Texter here. So we've gotten a lot of texts about this uh, story. So sure. Just yeah, try to yeah. go through them. Uh, texter says tasers not always effective, especially with people in a mental health crisis. And it worked on me. I'll just say that. <laughs> of course, I, I volunteered to uh, get the taser. I was amazed at how one of I'll, your dumbest decisions <laughs> I, that I've gotten to witness. I can say that I got it. In, I got it in the back, and I went down on my face, and my left leg just started kicking the floor. It just I don't know why it started. It just did, like involuntary. And then things were coming out of my mouth that you couldn't put on the air here. Yeah. Uh, they, they had a thing to go, we're going to get all get tased and see what that's like. Do you want to be part of it? Uh, uh, no, I don't. Come on, JR. Kevin's doing it. They're all doing it. Hey, you knock yourself out. I'm Jabak! We brought I'm chicken man. We brought it here though before after after Jeff and I went down to the police academy and we got we actually got tased individually. Boom, boom, boom. Then we got tased together holding hands to see if it would go through. I don't know. Yeah. It just went down, man. Yeah. Jerry, uh, Jerry, another... you want to get tased? Uh, <laughs> no. Thanks, but no thanks. Another texter along those same lines, possibly mental health, coupled with drug use, tasers may have been used and rendered ineffective. That happens quite often. Uh, Let's see. Regarding Asheville, a texter says the Appalachian Trail goes right through Asheville, so that might account for the homeless population there. Mm. 
Uh, they didn't I, look like hikers. I could be wrong, but uh, I mean, the AT goes through the Smokies. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't go down as far as Asheville. I mean, a lot of hikers would get off and go into Asheville for sure. Yeah, I guess. Same texter says it, goes in, it starts in Georgia, right? Yeah, it starts. It starts at Springer's Mountain. Yeah, it goes all the way up to Maine. Yeah, I mean it's a long one, but it goes yeah. through the Smokies. Yeah, because I I've been on it. I jump off one side. I'm Tennessee. Jump off the other side. North Carolina. Tennessee. North Carolina. Mm-hmm. My hiking buddies love it when I do that. I think. Same texter says there's not enough affordable housing in Chattanooga, and the food deserts are embarrassing. We also still have a ton of potholes. <laughs> addressing that to the mayor. Hashtag Tim. Okay. Well, you're gonna get more in the spring. It just happens. Uh, Texter says they're putting up homeless people in hotels in Asheville. We went a few months back, and there was a whole section dedicated just for them. Uh, Texter says, send the fire department. Turn the hose on the crazy people, (laughs) and we'll take them down and knock the knife out of his hand. That hose is powerful. Yeah, we're not already sending our fire (laughs) personnel to enough things, right? Remember that story in the Times Street Press last year about how... Uh, they're they're getting called out to like sixty thousand yeah. different things a, a week. They get a bunch of calls. They're called oh. out to every every. I mean, they delivered a baby last weekend. Yeah. That's pretty wild. The baby just wasn't going to wait. It was in the, mom was in the ambulance. They were headed to the hospital. Baby said, "Nope, I'm coming now." Texter says one local news outlet made it sound like the man at the cemetery pulled the knife on people in the cemetery office. He did. That's, okay, not, that's that true. The call came know. in. Yes, yeah, okay. the call came in. Guy in the office threatening personnel. He was not shot in the office. He ran outside toward the cemetery exit. They shot him at some point there. He didn't shoot him in the office, but that's that's what the call was. Guy was threatening personnel in the office. Another texter: Mental health treatment for active non-incarcerated criminals is a laughingstock. Mental health treatment equals prescribed drug regime. Criminals are notorious for non-compliance. They won't take their drugs, and as a result, the treatment, while expensive, is rendered useless. The old drug regimen, yeah. Uh, mental health problems is only part of the problem. There is also a drug problem that is not easy to deal with, always. Yeah, yeah. Drug, drug, yeah drug issues are, are serious. Uh, texter here says, I work with many homeless friends via my job with Cadence Coffee Company on 7th Street. From my experience, many of the mental health issues come from partnering drug use to their circumstances. And the way out for many of them is available but requires a true desire from the individual to find and pursue a new life. Many of our homeless friends seem content in their situation Without much desire to escape it, you learn to. I agree cope. with that. You learn to cope with the situation, whatever the situation is, and then some people want to put in the work that it takes to improve that situation. Other people say, "I'm going to make it yeah. okay, and I just don't want to. I don't want to yeah. do it anymore. You know, just make it where they are." And and to us on the outside, it seems like why would you want to do that? To them on the inside, I don't have any more energy to try and put any more mm-hmm. work into it, yeah. stuff yeah. like that. A lot of good text messages there. A lot yeah. of good feedback. So keep it coming. Two six seven one zero two three. Any texts, uh, phone calls, we'll receive. We try to get to them as quickly as we can. Two six seven one zero two three. Call us or text us. It's eight twenty one on the morning press. We'll get an update on sports. Here's Jim. Major League Baseball players and owners will try again today. Another round of contract negotiations. Baseball owners threaten more cancellations if a contract was not worked out by the end of business Tuesday. Well, there was no contract worked out, but there were no cancellations announced either. College basketball, March Madness, full swing. 
in the A-Sun Conference, the Atlantic Sun. Bellarmine beat Jacksonville University in the A-Sun Championship game. Bellarmine can't go to the NCAA tournament because they're transitioning from Division II and not yet eligible for the Division I NCAA tournament. So that bid will go to the A-Sun regular season champions. And that's the Gamecocks of Jacksonville State. Also last night, number one, Gonzaga won the West Coast Conference title, beating St. Mary's in the championship game. Bryant won the Northeast Conference Tournament title. Delaware, the Blue Hens, are in the NCAA Tournament, winning the Colonial. Wright State won the Horizon. South Dakota State won the Summit League Championship. SEC Tournament begins today in Tampa. Two games on the schedule. Ole Miss takes on Missouri, and Georgia plays Vanderbilt. UTC will make a change in their women's basketball program. Coach Katie Burroughs out after four seasons as the head coach of the Mocs. During her playing days, she won four straight Southern Conference Championship. In her coaching days, the Mocs went 7-23 this season, 46-68 during her tenure. Former Chattanooga Mocs basketball player Eric Robertson, e unexpectedly died Monday night. Robertson was a member of UTC's last basketball team to go to the NCAA tournament in 2016. Huntsville native, played for John Schulman in the Mox, three-point shooting dead-eye, teaching Spanish at Grace Christian Academy in the Knoxville area, died while playing basketball Monday night at the same time his alma mater was winning the Southern Conference Championship. Eric Robertson died at the age of 28. National Hockey League last night, Nashville a winner, knocking off Dallas 2-1 the final score. Big news in the NFL, news that quarterback Aaron Rodgers says he wants to stay with the Green Bay Packers for the foreseeable future. So that was going to be the headline for the NFL. Then the bombshell trade occurred between the Seattle Seahawks and Denver Broncos. Broncos getting quarterback Russell Wilson. Wilson goes from Seattle to Denver. In return, the Seahawks get Broncos quarterback Drew Locke, tight end Noah Fant, defensive lineman Shelby Harris, two first-round draft picks, two second-round draft picks, as Wilson agreed to waive his no-trade clause in his contract to complete the deal. That's sports on the Talk Monster, WGOW. Right now, traffic. Cleaning up the earlier crash on 24 West and 4th Avenue. It may be a while yet before 75 North is open again at Paul Huff Parkway. Forced exit there because of the tractor-trailer accident at mile marker 31. Clear again getting on at 33 from Charleston. Kevin West, right now traffic. 